Hey, my name's Jeff. I am the lead pastor here. Saying hello to everybody at all of our campuses, including online. Uh, so you're excited to be here. How many guys like you love Jesus today? All right. How about this? You love New Life Church today? All right. How about this last one? You love the person sitting next to you today? Oh, come on. Come on. Because if you don't love the person sitting next to you, we got problems. We've got issues. All right. Oh, man. But we got ways to solve it. All right. We can help you. We can help you with that. Uh, Hey, look, we're going to kick off a brand new teaching series. It's called A Better Way. A Better Way. I do, I do want to be open with you. I want to be transparent with you and let you know this title didn't come from us. It came from Greg Rochelle's church, Life Church. And so we just kind of grabbed that title and we are preaching the sermons that we want to write. Uh, but we got, we got the original idea from them, so I'm just giving them props. Uh, they're a great church. They share a lot of resources. They make the Big C Church better all around the world. And I'm thankful for uh, their generosity. Uh, they gave us this stuff. They gave us uh, the thing that goes on the back. I mean, they just gave it away. They said, yeah, just take it. Just take it. Okay, awesome. Um, so anyways, we're going to preach the series, A Better Way. You're going to hear a number of different sermons on the topic, A Better Way. Today, I'm going to preach part one of a two-part message that I'm preaching. Um, and it's just simply titled, Jesus, A Better Way. Okay? Now, you might go, wow, that is profound. Or you might go, That's so simple, you know. Um, I hope that today I inspire you with that. Because I'm going to tell you this, like up front, that uh, I I picked this last year. And I said, I think that this would be good for you. It would be good for me. And then as I got closer and I had to start preparing for it, I got a little frustrated as I started preparing for the first sermon. And here's the reason why I got frustrated. Because it started to kind of step on my toes. It started to get a little personal with me. Let me give you an example. Have you guys ever been doing something, fixing something? You're fixing your car. You're fixing uh, something at home. You're fixing something at work, right? You're cleaning something. You're doing a work project. And then someone comes along and they go, hey, you know there's a better way to do that. You ever had that guy or that gal? Like, are you anything like me where you're just kind of like, I'm in the middle of it already. I'm knee deep into this thing. Whatever I started is the way I'm going to finish. And then they go, well, you know that there's a better way. And you want to take whatever tool you have in your hand, because you're down on your hands and knees, you just want to like crack them right in the shin. Or is that just me? Your pastor at work. No, I'm just messing around. But I mean, you get frustrated. Sometimes they do it really nice though. And I love those people. I love the people that kind of come along while you're knee deep into something and they know that there's a better way and they come along very gently and very nice and they say, hey, um, c- could, I, could I show you something that might help you? And then you're kind of like, oh, wow, okay. And the tool goes down and you don't want to crack them in the shins and they show you and you go like, wow, there really is a better way. That's awesome. But that other person that comes along, wow, they can get underneath your skin fast. That's the person they come along and you know this individual, they just stand over you. They lord over you and they're just watching you and you just hear, you can hear their thoughts and they're not saying anything. Dumb, 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 dumb. You can just hear them, right? They're just lording it over you. And eventually they just go, get out of the way. I'm going to do this. I have a better way, right? I mean, you guys have all been in these situations. We, We live in a world where things are changing so rapidly and so quickly around us that there's constant new, better ways to get things done. Now, if you're an old soul, an old school minded person, all of these new found ways are just things that are just nuisances to you, right? 
And so, but for me, a guy that likes change and technology and all this kind of stuff, I look at it and I go, wow, there really is better ways coming down the road. Like, as an example, did you realize that there's better ways to study the Bible than there used to be? Now, when I started in full-time ministry, I would have, you know, one, two, three different Bibles open up on my, open up on my desk. I had one Bible that had four different versions of the Bible in it, right? It took three people to carry it. <clears throat> you had to have two people to turn the pages, but it had four different Bibles that were in it so that I could compare these different translations. And then on top of that, I've got my, you know, Strong's Concordance. Anybody Strong's Concordance people in here? Three people, okay. And then I've got like Matthew Henry commentaries, and I've got other commentaries about other theologians that wrote about things, right? You see what I'm saying? Like, you, you got all of this. The reason why the pastor used to have the big desk, because he had to have room for all these books to be open at one time, right? Now, now, I love this, by the way, all right? And you hear me refer to this, and it's not derogatory, but this is the analog version of the Bible, right? I love this, and I still use it. Okay, but what I really love is the digital. I love digital. Uh, I love the digital Bible. I love it all day long. Did you realize there's a better way to study the Bible? Did you realize that while you're the passenger in a car, you could actually study the Bible now on your phone? And that you could get like 40 different Bible versions with just a click of a button, go back and back and back. And if you read a verse and you don't understand it, do you realize you can go to Google and go, I don't understand this verse. What does this verse mean? And you got to kind of comb through some weirdness, but there's a lot of good stuff that's on there. And other theologians have written documents about that scripture, or you can access other material. You can actually access like what the original language says. There's a better way, folks. And if you're not using it, there's a better way. All right, so there's better ways to do that. There's better ways to get our work done. There's better techniques. There's better training that's come along. There's better technology. You may not like it, but the internet is here. And some of you are like, duh, that's all I've known. Well, there's others of us in the room that remember pre-internet. Come on, somebody. Can, can I just, like, seriously, can I just see the hands of people that remember pre-internet? Okay, all right, that's way too many hands. Um, can I see the hands of people that all they've known is the internet? Let me see your hands. Yeah, yeah. A couple of you guys need to, I saw a couple of you guys, you need to put your hand down, because you, you guys are, you're older than what you look. I'm just telling you right now. There's new technology. There's cell phones, okay? And some of you are like, the flip phone is all we need. No, the smartphone, okay? It, it makes me smarter, all right? It, it makes me more productive. And now we've got AI coming. Like it or not, right? Believe whatever you want in, in it. Uh, every one of these things I just mentioned can be used for evil, and every one of them can be used for good. There's new things that keep coming which make new possibilities, which can potentially make better ways, there's even the self-learners that are out there. Now, come on, you guys know that you've done this. You've gone to YouTube and you've said, hey, I don't know how to fix my car. Hey, I don't know how to fix this appliance. Hey, I don't know how to run my iPhone. Show me how to do it. And then you went to YouTube because you could figure that out. And then the person made a video that showed you how to do it a better way. And because you're a self-learner and you asked the question, you received their instruction but then you went out with all your friends and you were like, hey, take a look at what I know how to do now. And you never gave credit to the YouTube guy. You guys know you did that. Okay. Everybody, you did that. All right. Just pat yourself on the back if that's what you did. All right. You made yourself look good. But there's a better way. And as a self-learner, you can go figure those things out. 
So the worst thing is if you think you know a better way and you really don't and you just keep plowing forward. And there's those people in the room as well. In fact, they might be the person that earlier in the service you said, I'm sitting next to the person I love. And now you're like, yeah, but I'm sitting next to the person that always thinks they know the better way, but they're too stubborn and too like, thick-headed to ever ask anybody if there's a different way to do it. And it just brings frustration and chaos all around me. Is there anybody in the room that's like that other than me? I can be that person just like you can be that person. We think we know the best way. Like, let me give you an example. So I was just last week in Cuba with people from our church on a go trip, okay? We're down there. We're ministering. Um, God just did amazing things. Go sign up for a go trip and just, just do it, right? God's going to use it to change your life. So we're down there. Craig Bennett, who is up in our video booth uh, serving today, he was the team leader. And he was there, and he's working on his laptop, doing some financials one evening. And I'm sitting there with him. And we decide, hey, we want to figure out a couple of things, and so we're going to need a calculator. And I go, Craig, give me the calculator. I'll run the calculator. You run the, you run the laptop, and we'll get this thing done. And he goes, well, I have a reverse notation calculator. And I was just like, it's like his words went in one ear and out the other ear. And I was like, I don't care what kind of calculator you have. I know how to work a calculator. Give me the calculator. And he was like, oh, wow, okay. Well, that's really great, Jeff. Yeah, I'm glad you know how to work a reverse notation calculator. And he hands it to me, and I start plugging in the numbers. And every time I'm plugging in the numbers, I'm getting things, results that I wasn't planning on. This reverse notation calculator is made by Satan himself. I plug this in, I hit the number, it doesn't give me what I want. And I just keep going, hey, uh, Craig, what, what was that number again? And I am getting so frustrated. He's sitting right next to me. He can see me working the calculator and that I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm not going to admit it. I'm going to figure this out. And we're I'm just getting frustrated. And then all of a sudden, Craig pulls out his cell phone and he, he opens up a basic, I'm talking basic. It was like big number third grade basic kind of a calculator, and he just, with a smile on his face, if you know Craig Bennett, and he hands it to me, and he goes, Jeff, here's a better way. <laughs> and he slowly pulls his reverse notation calculator out of my hand before it goes throwing it across the room. <laughs> and we did it, and guess what? It all worked out, and we accomplished the mission. But the problem is, we don't like to ask for a better way, do we? Our pride gets in the way. Like, I know what I'm doing. I go figure this thing out. I am smarter than this reverse notation calculator. I can figure that. I can't figure it out. But we don't do that. So what do we do? We live frustrated. We struggle through things. Things take longer. They end up costing more money. And they might even cause you to lose your salvation, if you know what I mean by that. Right? You might say things you didn't intend to say. You might do things you never intended to do. Why? All because we weren't willing to say, is there a better way? Now, watch. You bring that to your spiritual journey. If you bring that same attitude to your spiritual journey, I know how to do this. I, I know how to walk this relationship with Christ. I know what I'm doing. You don't need anybody else to tell me. I grew up in church all my, all my life. I don't need another sermon. I don't need that. I can do it on my own. It's a life or death situation. And many have been led astray by those who claim to say, I know a spiritual better way. 
There are new life, there are like new age gurus that will help you, you know, try to figure out this so-called better way of worshiping, you know, based on the stars or crystals or a horoscope or tarot cards or, I mean, just name it. Right? There's all kinds of things that are out there, and they're saying, look, this is the better way. you got the atheism mindset that just goes, look, you just live for yourself. There is no God. We're anti-all deity. It's just whatever pleases you, you do it. It's a spiritual better way. Okay? And you got all of these different things that are out there. you got false prophets from the Old Testament, right, thousands of years ago, all the way through to today. You can go on YouTube and listen to whatever false prophet that you want to listen to. But I think the scariest thing that concerns me is compromised Christianity. That's just what I'm coining it right now. Compromised Christianity. This is that mindset that there's a spiritual better way. I believe in the Bible. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. Okay, but God's more lenient than what those pastors say that he is. God's, God's more soft-hearted. God doesn't really mean what he said. These guys preach it like it's literal. God's not that way. He's not that mean. God loves everybody. And if God loves everybody, that means God accepts everyone, no matter what their belief is or no matter what their behavior is. And this, this false religion, this compromised Christianity, if you, if you follow that so-called better way, here's what ends up happening. All of those ideas, they lead to death. Why? Well, because Jesus already declared himself to be the only way and the better way. In, Matthew, in, excuse me, in John chapter 14, verse 6, look, here's what Jesus told them. He said this, I am the what? I am the way. Meaning I am the best way. I am the better way. Read the rest of that scripture with me. I am the way, the truth, the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Now look guys, I've heard a lot of different sermons on Jesus being the truth. I've heard a ton of them. You know, it's a great message, by the way, that Jesus is the truth. And one part of the reason why I love the message is because they'll always drive home the same point. The truth sets you free. I believe that with all my heart. And that whatever Jesus says then becomes truth. I believe that with all my heart. I've heard messages on Jesus being the life. I mean, come on, Jesus, he, he dies on a cross, right? He goes to a grave. He rises again from a grave, right? He ascends into heaven, and now he's going to come back for us. Only Jesus can do that. That is the power of life. Jesus is the life. But the one that I don't hear a lot about, and it's the one that Jesus said first, was that Jesus said, first, I am the, I am the way. The meaning that I am the better way. And I just want you to notice, as a side note, bonus material here. I want you to notice this, that Jesus says, I am the way to what, though? In that scripture we just read. What did he say? I am the way to the Father. The Father. A lot of people have misinterpreted that. They misquote it all the time. That Jesus is the way to heaven. yes. That is the byproduct of it. We get this idea that Jesus is the way to this utopia place where you never have to cut the grass again, where the flowers don't make you sneeze anymore, come on somebody, and the bees don't have stingers. Amen for that. All right, but then we, we take it farther than that, right? And we're like, man, it's a place, you know, where I get to walk the streets of gold arm in arm with all my family, and we're gonna skip down that street of gold, and you don't even remember how to skip. It's been so long ago. Right? I mean, that's kind of the picture that we have. But Jesus doesn't, he doesn't like make that the emphasis of his statement. He doesn't make this utopia heaven 
his, his destination, he makes the Father the destination. Notice that. Jesus uses his words very meticulously. And he said, look, I am the way to the Father. Guess what? Watch what he's doing. He's making it personal. He's making it personal. It's less about a destination, and it's more about the one that, by the way, when you look at the ministry of Jesus, Jesus says this over and over and over and over again. I'm only saying what I hear the Father say. I'm only doing what I've heard the Father say to do. Like, I have come to introduce you to the Father, and if you knew the Father, then you would know he is good. If you knew the Father, then you would know he is nice. If you knew the Father, you would know, man, he is smiling upon you. If you really, truly knew the Father, you would know, like Zephaniah 3.17 says, that he is singing songs of joy over you. If you knew the Father, then you would know he's standing and he's applauding you from time to time. If you knew the Father, then you would know he's calling the angels over and he's going, look down at my son. Look at him. Look at my daughter. Look at him. I'm so proud of them. And Jesus is going, I am the way to him, the Father. Some of you, you man, you had some really bummer earthly fathers, and it's affected your ability to truly want to know the Father. So you stop with Jesus. Jesus is God, but he's pointing us to the Father. Guys, that's the blessing of knowing Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way. Now, when Jesus said this, he was speaking to his disciples. And the disciples, when they heard Jesus say, I am the way, they knew exactly what he meant by that. They, they, they knew that he was kind of painting this picture that I am the road that you have to take. I'm basically laying the pavement. I am the road. I'm becoming the road, and you're walking with me on the road. Meaning, like, I am on a journey, and you're going to have the same journey. The same things that I do, you're going to do. Jesus said that. He said those words. The same things that, you, that I experience you are going to experience. And we know from church history that those that were closest to Jesus, they gave their life for the gospel. They literally walked the road that Jesus laid out before them. And they knew that Jesus was saying to them, look, I'm setting an example for you that I want you to replicate. Now, for you and me today, like post knowing that Jesus dies on a cross, but he comes back to life and he ascends to heaven and he's coming back for us, then hearing Jesus say, I am the way, means that Jesus now becomes the bridgeway between heaven and earth. And that when we follow his way and we walk his way, then we do truly get to be with the Father and spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. And that, my friends, is really good news. Did you realize, though, that like, Early on, so after Jesus leaves and he passes the ministry on to his disciples and he's in heaven, that throughout the book of Acts, do you know what the, the early believers were called? That the early believers, they were not called Christians. They were not called Christ-like people. They were not called, they were not called holy rollers. They were not called Bible thumpers. That the early church was called people of the way. People of the way. That, that's what they were, that was their name. That's how they were known, right? right? With like different governmental leaders and people that are trying to squash this work of Christianity on our world today. You and me are called Christians today. I get that. But they were called people of the way. Here's the reason why. They didn't just want to have right theology. 
and have right morals. They cared a lot about that. But they cared more about being known as people who loved the way that Jesus loved and lived the way that Jesus lived. Can I say this to you? That if we were willing to give up the name Christian for a little bit, because I think it would do us some real, real good medicine to the soul, and if we took on the title, we are people of the way, it would change the world. It would change the world. We don't need to be called Christians for a title. We need to be called people of the way, and we need to live it, in a, and we need to live the example of Jesus in such a way that the world actually starts seeing Jesus again, and they don't just continue to see our title called Christian. That's what the world needs. That's what the world is really looking for. Because if you consider the way that Jesus lived and he loved, and we decided we're going to be people of that way, it would change the world. Let me give you an example. Did you realize that Jesus, I'll give you a few of them, by the way. Did you realize that Jesus didn't hurry anywhere? He walked everywhere. We are in such a hurry. Myself included. We are in such a hurry. We burn the candle on four ends, not just two ends. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not even possible, by the way. But that's what we do. We, we race from one thing to another. Our, our, we get our significance based on how, how booked our calendar is. We, we love to say to people, oh, I don't have time for that. I'm sorry, man. Oh, you know what? I, I can get, we can get together, but it's going to have to be like next month. We love that because it makes us look super important. We, we love racing from one thing to the next thing. It's just in our nature for some reason. It's the curse that's upon us right now. And we have the tools and the ability now to race faster and faster and faster. You can be on a plane, and just a few hours later, you're halfway around the world. You can get on a Zoom call and talk to somebody halfway around the world within minutes. You see what I mean? Like you can be places and do things faster and faster and faster, and we just keep racing at a faster and faster speed. But what's the way of Jesus? Jesus didn't hurry. Jesus didn't hurry, and here's how, it, here's how it helped him. Jesus took time for people. He took time for people even when it interrupted his schedule. And when it interrupted his schedule, he gave them the, his best. We don't like it when we're on a schedule and someone interrupts our schedule. You guys know what it's like to go to Walmart and you don't want to run into anybody? I mean, come on. Right? You put your hat on, you got your glasses on. And you make this secret prayer on the way up. God, I hope I don't run into anybody. I just need to get in here and get out of here. And then what happens? You run into 20 different new lifers. And you put your smile on. You're like, hey. Right? But you're kind of like, hey. And you want to keep going. And they're like, hey, but I want to talk to you. Right? And then like 19 people later, you're just kind of like, hey. And you're like, the other way. And they're just chasing you down. And if that's just my life last week, I, I don't know what yours is like. Just messing around. If I ran into you last week at Walmart, I apologize. <laughs> but that's like what we do. It, it's, it's, where, it's where we're at. But Jesus, he slowed down and he took time with them. Watch this. Here's the ways of Jesus. Jesus took time to pray. Are, are we too busy to pray? We have too many other things that are too important. The way of Jesus was that. I mean, he took time to pray and be with the Father. Watch this. Jesus was never anxious. You don't see Jesus pacing back and forth going, 
oh man, like tomorrow we got an important meeting. What am I going to wear? Um, well, how am I going to look? Like, is my beard trimmed good enough? Is, uh, you know, I'm going to have that important meeting with Nicodemus. And man, I got to really tell this guy, like, what's going on? I got, okay, let me look in the mirror. Let me practice. He's like, oh my word, like, I just don't even know. Like, I, I should postpone it. Let's postpone it. Let's move it to the next week. Uh, I just don't know if I can handle it this week. We got so many other things going on. I'm an important guy. Like, he'll understand. I can... Jesus wasn't anxious. You know the other thing? Jesus wasn't depressed. He wasn't depressed. Jesus wasn't this guy who feeds the 5,000, okay? And then after the whole thing, he's like counting the offering and going, I can't believe these jokers only gave us this amount of money after we fed 5,000 of them. I can't believe that, man. Oh, I can't believe it. We're just, man, we're horrible. We gotta, we're not good, man. We don't have a good message. We gotta change our marketing scheme. You know what? There's probably a better planet with other people on it that my message would be more received at. I should probably go there. Jesus didn't get depressed either. That's the, this is the way that Jesus walked. Let me, let me just land the plane with saying a couple of things that are going to step on a couple of your toes. But Jesus wasn't worried about the economy and Jesus wasn't worried about the government. He wasn't. I know you are. I know that I can tend to be that kind of a guy. But the way of Jesus was... He lived in a very oppressed environment. He lived in a suppressed environment as well. He lived in a controlled environment. He, wasn't, he didn't live in a free land that was completely free for him to do whatever he wanted to do. Jesus, Jesus doesn't get over, overwhelmed or overly concerned about the government or the economy. See, the way of Jesus is a beautiful example for us to follow. That's what I'm trying to drive home. If you really, truly walk the way of Jesus, man, it is a beautiful, better way for us to follow. So if you call yourself a Christian, which means to be Christ-like, then our goal is to display the way of Jesus. That's our goal. Our goal on this earth is to display the way of Jesus, the way that he lived, the way he loved, the way he cared for people. And I can honestly say to you that when my life is most accurately living the way of Jesus, my heart is most full, church. I have to battle the very same things you do. I have to bounce off the guardrails of temptation and get back onto the ways of Jesus. I have to bounce off the guardrails of like my image and what people think about me. And i got to come back to center and get on the way of Jesus. I have to fight off the anxiety, fight off any depression. I have to get back to the way of Jesus. I'm just like you. We're all in this together, striving to walk the way of Jesus. But when you do, when you do start walking the way of Jesus, here's what starts happening in your heart. You start seeing people differently. You start seeing people differently. You start seeing them for who they really are. You start dropping the titles that this world has put on one another to divide us from each other. You start looking past their economic status. You start looking past the color of their skin. You start looking past the accent of their voice for what country they come from. You start looking past the fact that they are Christian or they are not Christian. Are they part of this religion or that religion? All of the titles start falling off. Jesus didn't see us based on our titles. He saw us for who we really are. Human beings created by his father that his father loves and has a purpose for. And Jesus is going, I came for you and I came to die for you. That's what happens. But I love you enough, Jesus says, that I can't leave you where you are. I want to show you a better way. 
That's the Gospels. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's the rest of the New Testament. That's all of the Old Testament showing us a better way. And when you walk his way, let me just tell you from experience, when you walk that way, you start seeing people the way God designed you to see them. But you also start doing this. You start seeing your resources differently. You start becoming more generous. You start sharing what you have. You start giving away, you know, things. You, you find yourself just like going, man, I'm going to bless this person. I'm going to bless that person. You go like, man, I got 20 bucks in my pocket. And then you're standing there and you're like, hey, I'm going to get your coffee. You just start seeing your resources different. You start praying, God, how can you use my resources to advance your kingdom? Like just the other day, Kim and I were coming back from Lincoln, and we're in uh, York, and we're getting ready to like pull out of this parking lot, and there's a, there's a stoplight, and I see this guy over on the corner, and he's got his sign. He's like, anything will help. Big duffel bag, right? And I see anything will help. And I look down, and all of a sudden, I, I look back up, and I'm like, hey, we got a bottle of water. It's like complete. Like it's, been, it's not even been opened here. And I start rolling my window down. The light turns green. Kim starts moving. I go, hey, dude. Here, have a bottle of water. Like anything will help, right? And I tossed that bottle of water to the guy. Man, that felt so good. Then my wife's like, hey, that's my water bottle. <laughs> I'm just telling you, you start seeing your resources and others differently. I can't toss the guy my four shots of espresso. That would be rude. It's going to spill all over the place. But that bottle of water, hey, there you go, buddy. Right? Like it's, I'm, I know I'm, I'm joking about that, but at the same time, I'm, I'm serious. Like, you start seeing things differently. Here's the other thing. You, you, start, you, you start having more compassion for people. You start having more compassion for people because that's the way of Jesus. Right? You start being a better listener. Here's one of the things in my life that I, I love and... Um, it's only through the power of Christ um, that I can be this way, right? Because I'm not always this way. But when I am locked in on the ways of Jesus, I'm more present where, I'm, where I am. And my mind isn't someplace else. You follow me on that? Like I'm more present. Meaning like I'm here, right, with you. And my mind is here with you. And my emotions are here with you. And my heart is here with you. All of those things, I am here. I'm present in the moment. Okay, and that when you walk the ways of Jesus, you can be more present in the moment. But Jesus also said a number of other things. He goes, look, I am the gate, John 10, 9. He goes, yes, I'm the gate. Those who come in through me, they'll be saved. Meaning, look, I'm the way. The gate I open, no man can shut. I am the gate. And if you say yes to me and you walk through the gate, then you get to come into the kingdom of God. So Jesus goes, look, I am the way to the Father, yes, but I am the way to eternal life. But then, man, since Jesus is God, we can jump all the way back to the Old Testament. And we can look in Psalms 119, 105. And it says this, that your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. He's talking about him being the way again. He's going, look, my word, my word will be the light to your path, to your feet. Like, look, I've been stuck on a mountain when it got dark. I knew which way down was gravity. That's all you had to care about. Gravity will pull you down. But what I didn't know was what is between me and the bottom of this mountain. Like, I knew that if I take a wrong step, I could wound myself, hurt myself, or even die. So what, what was I thankful for? That headlamp. And when I turned that headlamp on and I could see in front of me, I could make it back down that mountain. I could get off that difficult spot. 
God's saying, look, I can be that light for your path, right? But it's going to be a light to guide you on my ways, my terms, not your way and your terms. We ask God to come light our path, and God goes, no, I don't light your path. I light my path for you. Like, if you're looking for God to come and validate your lifestyle and light your path to help you get out of a situation, then, now I'm going to tell you right now, that's not happening. But God will always go, here's the right way, I'll light that path, come walk on it, come follow me, and we'll go someplace, and it will be amazing. Right? All right. So God's helped me, just like he's helped you. He's lit my path. He's helped me make occupation changes to get out of the military, right, and start following the Lord, to be generous and like whatever it was to give away. But he's also guided me through the power of his Holy Spirit so that I can listen more closely to him so I can love when life gets hard. How many of you guys need the guidance of the Holy Spirit, his way, so that you can love when life gets hard? How many of you guys need that? I need that. How many of you guys need him to show you his way so that you can forgive, right? You can forgive when it's hard to forgive, right? I'm, I'm in that, right? How many of you guys need his help so that you can show grace when it's hard to show grace? That's me. Well, look, I want to wrap it up today. But I want to wrap it up with a promise that Jesus gave. Jesus gave a promise, and he goes, look, I, I desperately want you to live life my way, so much so that I want to give you a promise of how you can pull that off. Because you can't do it on your own. I can't do it on my own. But through his strength and his authority and power, it is possible. So he said these words in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. So then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. That's a, that's a crazy scripture when you think about it. Jesus says, I'm going to take this farm implement tool, basically, and I'm going to use it to show you my way and to give you guidance. Because you know what a yoke did, right? A yoke like went around the neck of two animals, and it, it allowed the one animal to kind of lead the other animal. And they kind of worked together, and they pulled together, and they accomplished things together that they couldn't get done alone. And Jesus is going, look, tie yourself to me, and I will teach you a better way. But you got to tie yourself to me. The question I have for you is, what are you tied to right now? Are you tied to your work? Are you tied to just trying to like strive for more earthly gain? Are, are you tied to social media for your, your, you know, your identity? Are you tied to laziness? Maybe you're tied to a sin habit. If you're tied to something or yoked to something other than Christ, then here's what's going to happen. You're going to get wore out. You're going to get wore out. You're going to get distracted. You're, you're going to feel weary and burdensome. When I, when I talk to Christians, the average Christian, which means the bulk of the people I'm talking to right now, this is what I found out, that the average Christian feels overwhelmed, defeated, tired, confused, and distracted. Is that you? Because that's what the average Christian feels. That's how they feel right now. They want to know Jesus. 
They want to worship Jesus. They want to follow Jesus. They just don't know how to break out of where they're at. And so they're weary, and they're carrying heavy burdens, like Jesus said. But Jesus made a promise. He goes, look, I can teach you. I can teach you my way, which will make, will make life easier. It doesn't mean that you're going to stay away from all the difficult things of life. He just goes, look, I can help you respond in a better way. I can help you love differently. I can help you stay grounded better. But he goes, look, you're going to have to give up your way. Our ways lead to death. Proverbs 14, 12, it says that there's a path or a way that before each person that seems right, it seems right, like you can almost kind of justify it, it seems right, but it ends in what? It ends in death. So which way are you following today? Are you, are you willing to give up your way today? Are you tired of the pain and the strife, the anger, the resentment that your way is causing? Are you ready to fully surrender to his way? Are you willing to be stretched to follow his way? Are you spiritually hungry enough to follow his way? I want to leave you with these, these two simple things to do this week. Today is part one of a two-part message, so I'm not going to have a ton of application today. You have to come back next week and I'll finish this message. Okay, Jesus, a better way. But I just want you to do these two things this week. That's it, just these two things. First, when you find yourself following your way, repent to God. When you find yourself following your way, just repent to God. It's that simple. God, forgive me. I'm, I'm, I'm following my way again. Following my way of thinking. I'm following my, my way of dealing with my finances, which are, which are not honoring you. I'm, I'm following my way of not forgiving. Right? I'm following my, my way of resentment. I'm, I'm following my way. God, forgive me. And secondly, I just want you to simply say this, Jesus, teach me your way. It's simple, guys. A, a better way is simple. It doesn't have to be complex. So, Father, forgive me for following my ways and teach me to follow your ways. How many of you guys can do that with me this week? If you're, if, you're willing to, if you're willing to do that, let's just stand to our feet and let's wrap up the service and let's pray. Why don't you pray with me? Just bow your head. Close your eyes, right? Just lean in on Christ right now. And I just want us to just acknowledge, Jesus, you are the way. You're the truth. You're the life. No man is going to come to the Father except through you. Lord, would you show me when I am leading my life in such a way where I'm not following your way so that I can repent of that? And Jesus, would, would you start teaching me your ways? Would you give me a humble heart to even ask to follow your ways? Lord, that's what I want in my life. I want to be more humble. I want to follow your ways. I want to be more like you. In the end, Jesus, I, I want to I look more like you. I, I don't want to just be called a Christian for the sake of being called a Christian. I want to be a person that is guilty of walking in your way. I want people to go, man, that, that love that you have, that love reminds me of someone else's love, Jesus' love. Hey, the way that you lead your life, that reminds me of someone else, the way that Jesus led his life. Like, God, that's what we want for us. So Holy Spirit, we invite you, convict our hearts, convict our minds, convict our souls of things that are being done that aren't in your way, and give us a humble, repentive heart so that your way can be taught to us 
and we can glorify you and we can honor you this week. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen.